Hello everyone and welcome to another instalment of Beyond the Mask, where today we're going to be assessing the troubled birth of Michael Myers and how these events contributed to Dr Loomis's overall assessment of Michael during his time as Smith's Grove. The backstory of Michael Myers has somewhat changed throughout many different timelines the movies have provided. These events are taken from the H2O timeline, but elements could fit into any of the timelines. During his writings and analysis of Michael Myers, Dr Loomis, desperate for answers, sought out the advice of the midwife who helped Michael's birth into the world. Her story is a disturbing one. Sit back and relax as I talk you through the birth of Michael Myers. Dr Loomis's assessment of Michael had become strained from the moment he agreed to the task. The fact that Michael wouldn't speak or communicate didn't help advance any kind of medical opinion that Loomis had. Despite Michael having an eventful time at Smith's Grove, in 1970 Loomis still hoped to find answers to the mystery that was Michael Myers. November 13th, 1970. I received an unexpected call from a woman named Hattie Bartok. She said she knows things about Michael Myers. She wants to tell me. Hattie? Come quickly, seek shelter from the storm, Dr. Loomis. Are you a man of God, Doctor? I'm a man of science, said Dr. Loomis. Unfortunate, your eyes are closed to what exists outside of your rational world. Michael is one of those things. What do you mean? You are blind to the truth. Halloween is the night when the curtain between the living and the dead is thinnest. The night when true evil walks the earth. The wearing of masks to ward off evil spirits or to become someone else is a powerful form of magic. And magic can be used for good or evil. Michael was born on November 1st, known in some cultures as the Day of the Dead. I was the midwife who helped deliver the Myers children. Michael's body may have entered the world that night, but his soul did not. He was stillborn, but that soul, that black-hearted soul, did arrive as night became day, the day of the dead. He was officially pronounced alive at 12.06am and the curse was fulfilled. The midwife discussed the dark, disturbing curse that likely haunts the Myers family. The comic expands on this story, dating back to the 1878 Salem Witch Trials. It discusses the town of Haddonfield and how it was a formation from the word Hayden, which means cursed. During the New England witch hunts, a group of clandestine druids, led by one, Murphy Myers, headed west, fearing for their lives. 
Myers was the direct descendant of a cursed bloodline. The curse of Samhain was placed upon one of Myers' descendants nearly 2,000 years ago. In order to appease the gods, the druid priests held fire rituals. Prisoners of war, criminals, the insane, were burned alive. By observing the way they died, they believed they could see omens of the future. Michael was never meant to live. For three generations, the Myers family had been blessed with peace. None had killed. But that night, Halloween 1957, they knew the evil had returned. Stronger than ever. Audrey Myers was tortured by an agonising three-day labour. Michael was born at 11.57pm that night. He was the first of the cursed Myers offspring to be born on that day. As if the curse was waiting for a vessel to carry the ultimate evil. Michael displayed no extraordinary effects from his dark beginnings. He even sang in the church choir with my younger brother. But the leaders were not so easily lulled by his false sense of peace. They waited, watching for the fury of Samhain to be released. Like a boil, the bubble burst on Halloween night 1963 when Michael killed his sister Judith. Poor sweet, sick Judith. This was the only written backstory for Michael Myers. The 1978 novelization plays on the effect that Michael experienced voices in his head and was plagued by mesmerizing images of murder and bloodshed. The story, however, plays into where the movie is intended on heading. The curse of Samhain lingered over. It was the darkness from this cult-enforced curse that persuaded an otherwise normal boy to murder his sister. This explains his reluctance to die, how he managed to survive so much physical harm. This explanation could be used in any timeline as I feel it fits perfectly even with Blumhouse's more recent offerings which dealt with the looming evil within Corey Cunningham. With this information in mind, Loomis was sure of what he was dealing with. This was pure evil. This was beyond medical. This was the devil. And that's it for this video. I hope this has helped provide some further insight into Michael's backstory and help paint a picture of his origins. If you enjoy this content, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Until next time, evil never dies. It just changes shape.